0: Um, seriously, though, I, I was really, I, I, this was good this morning for me. I hope it was for you. And and I want to tell you, this doesn't happen by accident. Tell these guys when you appreciate it, because the, really the only ones they hear from are the ones that don't appreciate it. So if you like something that happened, um, talk to Chris, talk to some of these guys, tell them they're doing a good job. That's all the pay they get. So so make sure that, that you do that, because they do work really hard to, to bring us to a place where we can come into contact with God. If you're visiting with us this morning, let me welcome you personally. We're glad you're here. We're so glad you're here. We want to buy you lunch. We have a lunch prepared for visitors, new members, and college students. If you fit into one of those categories, or if you just want to stay for lunch, you're welcome. Come and and join us. Have some lunch. Connect with some people here. That's what that's for. It's a great opportunity for you. We would love to have you be here today for lunch. Also, it's important for me... To to announce that we have a parent meeting or interest meeting. If you're interested in going to camp, um, if if you even think there might be a slight hint of a chance that you might be interested in going to camp, there's going to be an informational meeting in the youth room after worship this morning, um, and so. Go and get some information. You're not signing up for camp. You're not uh, committed to anything, but you're getting some more information. You can make decisions about that. Um, so, those are what's happening today. Next week um, is the first fifth Sunday of the year, and that is the Sunday that Freddie Anderson comes and talks to us about prison ministry. And so, if. Uh, if Next Sunday, that's what, hap- well, blah, blah, blah. That's what will happen. Freddie will be here. He will be delivering the message. Um, and there will also be a special contribution if you want to be prepared for that to support the prison ministry. Um, if you are interested in going into the prison with them that morning, um, I think they go in 7, 6, somebody. Come on, guys. Somebody. Somebody. Wake up. They're already gone. Um, Anyway, we'll find out for you. There's some hoops you've got to jump through. But Freddie said if you can start getting into contact with him today or tomorrow, he can probably get you in and uh, just on a temporary basis for a one-time thing. It's a good way to see if that's maybe a ministry you want to get involved in. So that's one of the reasons we do that. I hope you will take advantage of that. That's next Sunday. Freddie's going to be here speaking. I have been invited to speak at the church I grew up in. And uh, that's not a big deal to anybody else, but it's a big deal to me. And so I I hope that uh, you'll be praying for me next week because there's a lot of people that I deeply love and respect and and who had a tremendous impact on me that that I'm going to get to preach for. And so that's a a, a humbling blessing for me. And then next Sunday night is S&T. At Sunday night together. That will be Sunday night at 5 p.m. Um, we're going to sing some songs. We're going to read some scriptures. We're going to have a cool uh, a time of, of worship together, and so make plans to be here for that. That's all of that. Um, we're moving into the uh, our, our series rediscovering jesus and the idea is that we're trying to tear away some of the traditions uh culture the 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 familiarity that we have you know sometimes we we we've heard these stories so many times we've connected with these things so many times that that they kind of lose some of their power and so we're trying to rediscover who jesus is that's the idea of of this series now Many of you heard me talk about, I used to be a, a teacher in the public schools. I went through a period when uh, I, I, was, I was burnt out on ministry, and I, I told everybody I still love God, but I was kind of tired of His people. And I, I went, I got over it, it's okay, I love y'all. Um, I, uh, I, I was teaching in the public schools, and I was the uh, behavior teacher, which, which I was responsible for the special ed, emotionally disturbed children, who had severe behavior problems. And so part of what we did was they would be in out classes, going to regular classes. Sometimes, because of the nature of their disability, they would have an incident. They would have a disruption. They would have an uproar. And I was the guy they called. Now, these weren't just bad students. They would call the police on those. These were students with a legitimate disability who, for some reason, had an emotional disturbance which made it impossible for them to uh, uh, maintain their behavior in certain situations. And so they would call me because that needed a different tact than just the bad kids. And so I would go in, and and, and you had to know the kid. It depended on which kid it was. We We had one kid who hated country music. And so if he was having an episode, I would walk in with my guitar singing Johnny Cash songs because it jarred him out of the moment. And, and he would then turn his anger towards me, and, and that would get him out of the classroom. It was, a, it was a, a ploy, but you had to know the kid. I had another kid who was obsessed with Star Wars, and, and that's all he talked about. That's all he looked at. All I had to do was walk into his class and go, Greedo shot first. And a couple of y'all, Cullen and Austin got that. The rest of y'all, you can Google it later. But the idea was it jarred him out of the moment and, and he would then connect with me. And one day, I got called at Conroe High. This kid was having a major episode, like destroying the classroom. They had had to remove all the other students. They had, he was tearing things off the walls, throwing desks, doing screaming, cussing, carrying on. They called me. The police were already there outside, but they let me go in first. And so... I bust into the room because I want to have a presence, right? So, so I, I bust into the room. Well, as I bust into the room, he had thrown a desk. And so I bust into the room, and there's a desk coming in my head. And I flip it like this, and I grab this table and flip it up and throw it across the room. And he just stops and looks at me. We talk. We got him out of the room. Later, I'm deprogramming with the campus police officer. And she goes, okay, I get the deflecting of the desk, but why did you throw the table?" And I said, well, sometimes you just got to throw a table to get their attention. In John 2, I think Jesus felt the same way. If you have your Bible, turn to John chapter 2. John does things a little differently. Matthew, Mark, Luke, they kind of tell their story in a certain way. John comes back and says, there are some stories that they missed, and so I'm going to work these in here. And and so that's why you see a difference. And, And John puts Jesus cleansing the temple at the beginning of his ministry. That throws some people for a loop because they say, well, it's not sequential, it's not in order, there's obviously a contradiction. That's not necessarily a contradiction. It may be that he did it twice. It may be that he did it more than once. Um, or, or, or it may be that John put it here because he wants to make a certain point. It doesn't really matter for us. The idea is that it's an incident that happened, and in it we get to see a bit of what Jesus thought, who he was, What he was about. John chapter 2 is most famous for the story of the wedding at Cana. We've talked about that before, so we're not going to dwell on that. But you remember Jesus and his disciples are invited to the wedding. They run out of wine. Jesus turns the ceremonial water that is used for washing into wine. That's a big deal. He chose that on purpose. He didn't just accidentally take whatever water was laying around. He changed the holy bath water to wine. Because he was making a point that we're moving from ritual into relationship. That, that this, this new kingdom is not the same as the old kingdom. And, and so don't ever think that, that Jesus is just going around accidentally doing things. There's a reason for this. There's a, there's a, there's a, a point to all this. And in the wedding at Cana, we see Jesus setting the stage that we're moving from, rela- from ri- ritual into relationship. And then we get to the end of John 2. Now, we've just finished the wedding at Cana, and the water turned to wine. We're living in the revelation that Jesus is going to be different. The holy bath water is gone, and and we're moving into a different sort of kingdom. John chapter 2, we're going to start with verse 13. The Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons and the money changers sitting there. And making a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen. And he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And he told those who sold the pigeons, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. Now let's stop right there. I've heard a lot of sermons about this passage growing up, and, and you hear a lot of things about impropriety and worship. You hear about uh, fundraisers and people selling things at church. You hear about uh, not taking up special collections or 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 uh, all these things, the sermons that will declare to you that the money changers were cheating people. and And that may be true, and in fact, the other Gospels say that, but in this instance, John doesn't say that they were cheating anybody. When we read John's account without looking at any of the other Gospels, we don't find that they were cheating people. Now remember, this was not Jesus' first trip to the temple, okay? He had been to the temple, we know for a fact, at least once before. But probably, as a practicing Jew, he had gone to the temple at least once a year. And so, as a boy, growing up, as a young man, he had been to the temple repeatedly. And, and like any of us who grew up in church, I'm sure he got the same things. I'm sure he got, shh, Jesus, we use our inside voice in church. You ever said that? No running in church, Jesus. No running in the temple. Keep it down. We have to use our inside voice. We have to, we have to respect the priests and the teachers of the law. Sit still. Stop fidgeting. Come on, you've heard those. And I wonder if, if as, as this is happening, as Jesus is in the temple, if he can hear Mary in the back of his mind. We've seen that Jesus is coming to enter into a relationship with the people. God wants to enter into a relationship. And he has seen that in the temple, these money changers, these people who were Changing your money. When you came to the temple to make a sacrifice, you couldn't just give an offering like we did. You had to change your money to temple money. You had to change your offering. If you brought a, a, a dove from home, you had to change it and buy the dove that was sold in the temple. You, and, and so they were setting up barriers that kept people from coming to God. They were setting up hindrances that made it harder for people to, to connect with God, to have a relationship with God. And Jesus is moving us outside of the ceremonial bathwater. He's moving us to a place of relationship. And so he's seen, as he's made these trips to the temple in the past, the, 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 the people who were turned away because they didn't have the right sacrifice. Or people who had to buy something different because their sacrifice wasn't good enough. He had witnessed the barriers that these men, these humans, were putting in place which kept people from God, and it kind of made him mad. That's important. It kind of makes him mad. Now, I say that because he comes in and drives these people out. That's pretty impressive. You know they had temple guards, right? armed guards whose job it was to keep the peace in the temple. They didn't try to stop him. It's pretty impressive. That means he must have been pretty formidable when he was worked up. I'm just saying. You know, these, these money changers aren't all wimpy guys, right? And, and so if, if somebody's coming into your place of business and trying to disrupt it, you're going to defend that. We don't see anything about that. We see them running off. That's pretty impressive. I mean... Jesus is is pretty worked up. He's pretty mad about this. So why? Why does this get him like that? Why? I mean, he's about to start his public ministry. and, and, And he starts his public ministry by, the Bible says, cleansing the temple. He drives the money changers out. And I submit to you this morning that sometimes the only way to get the people's attention is to turn over a table. Jesus wanted to proclaim that we're moving from ritual to relationship. you got to wonder if he heard Mary in the back of his mind. Don't run in the temple, Jesus. Use your inside voice. But sometimes our inside voice is not good enough. Sometimes the only way to get their attention is to turn over a table. Because these were people that were circumventing the entire purpose of the temple. Remember, we said at the wedding of Cana, this was a sign that things were changing. Jesus was moving into a different type of kingdom. God is coming near to dwell among us. And and these temple merchants, these money changers, were, were putting up barriers. They were putting up barriers that prevented people from drawing near to God. So how does this apply to us today? Are, are, are we erecting obstacles? Do we put up barriers that keep people from coming into a relationship with God? I had a guy tell me this week a story about going to church. He was looking for a church home. And he came into church and, and he sat at the back because he didn't know anybody. It wasn't this church. wasn't our church. Thank God. But a, a gentleman came and sat next to him. And this gentleman identified himself as an elder, a leader in this church and proceeded to criticize this man for the way he was dressed because we bring our best to the Lord. Well, first of all, you don't know if that may have been his best. Second of all, I think Jesus would have turned that guy's table over because he's putting up a barrier that's keeping this man from coming to God. We've all heard stories like that. We've heard stories that, 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 uh, about people who, who for whatever reason get turned off of church, get turned away from church, get turned away from God because their sacrifice is not good enough. Because they weren't bringing the right kind of currency. Or doing it in the right kind of way. And those are barriers. Those are barriers that keep people from coming to God. We see this even in the business world. Around 2000, a guy named Reed Hastings had a a startup company, an idea, and and he wanted to revolutionize the the media entertainment industry. And so at that time, the, the leader of home entertainment was Blockbuster Video. Now, kids, in ancient times, your parents would go to a store to get movies. We couldn't just get them on our phone like you do we We had to go to a place and and then we had to pay them a ton of money in late charges and and yeah they're laughing you don't get it um, but But they ran the market. Blockbuster Video was everywhere. And they had their iconic blue uniform people. They were the leader. And Reed Hastings went and sat in a boardroom with these guys. And he presented his idea. An idea that was going to revolutionize the media industry. An idea that was going to streamline everything. An idea that was going to take away all the barriers and make people able to come to whatever they wanted immediately. And Blockbuster executives laughed him out of the room because they'd never done it that way. And they were the leaders. They knew what they were doing. Blockbuster ruled the market and they didn't need this young whippersnapper telling them how to do their business. Ten years later, Blockbuster was declaring bankruptcy. And those blue-clad employees were being laid off 9,000 stores were being sold. Meanwhile, Reed Hastings had established his own company called Netflix. And that company was ruling the media, home media empire. Because he took away the barriers. Because he took away the things that were keeping people from connecting with what they wanted. So, Let let me make this as clear as I can, as we bring this to us, okay? If there is something about us, I don't care what it is. If it's the way we dress, if it's the name on the side of the building, if it's our practice or our tradition, if it's keeping people from coming to God, it's got to go. we got to turn over a table. That's as clear as I can be. The way we've always done it, table, has got to be turned over. Because that's the way Jesus does things. Jesus is about whatever brings people to God. And if there's something that is a barrier that's keeping people from coming to God, that table's got to be turned over. Zeal for bringing people into relationship with God. Pick it up in verse 17. His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. So the Jews said to him, what sign do you show for doing these things? And Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up. The Jews then said, it's taken 46 years to build this temple and you're going to raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. When therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. The Jews say to him, who do you think you are? You don't get to come in here and shake things up. You don't get to come in here and turn over tables. What sign do you provide that you're qualified for all this? And Jesus says, my resurrection is your sign. The empty tomb is your sign. The sign that I am the temple of God. The sign that I am the presence of God. The sign that I am the glory of God made manifest on the earth to come into relationship with His people. So this morning, it's time for us as believers to seriously look at what barriers we are erecting that keep people from coming to God. And when we find those, we have to repent. We have to. Because that's what God would have us do. Because the choice is simple. We either tear down the barriers, we either turn over the tables, or Jesus is going to turn them over for us. I don't want to be a money changer. I don't want to be one who prevents people from coming to God for any reason. Jesus proclaims His deity and affirms the newness of His kingdom by this action. And, and when, when we emerge from our status quo, from, from the mire of, of, of tradition or complacency or, or, or whatever, habit, we start removing those barriers. Zeal for the kingdom of God consumes us. It's time for that zeal to consume us. If you feel that call this morning, if, if you're ready to turn over the tables, if you're ready to tear down the barriers that have kept you from God, we're going to sing a song right now. Let us help you come into relationship with Him. We want to tear down the barriers and make that path as straight as possible. Come to Him right now while together we stand and sing.